Welcome to the first episode of the Dodd Pod. My name is Derek Dodson, and my first guest is a great friend of mine. His name is Cyril Park. Cyril is a fitness enthusiast outside of his 9 to 5 grind. He does photography, shooting weddings, and even shot a really cool music video, which I'll put in the show notes. And Cyril's just an amazing human being. Our conversation really focused on the human experience and navigating that. And of course, as friends from high school, we we reflected a little bit on our high school experience, our college experience, and really just growing in this crazy world. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and thank you for listening. This is the Dodd Pod. This is the Dodd Pod with Derek Dodson. With Derek Dodson. Cyril, welcome to the Dodd Pod, bro. Woo! You're my first guest. I know. I'm nervous. Happy. Why are you nervous? We were just talking and flowing, and because I'm the first one. So what if I suck? And you're like, damn it, he's the first one. He's gonna curse the other ones, and we're gonna have to scrap this one. Thought about it on the drive here. I was like, because obviously I know that you want to do this for your students. And I was thinking, I remember when I was in high school, and if there's like a guest speaker that came in, I'd be like, oh, this was lame. It's like so quick for me to get into that train of thought. And I was like, what if I sound lame to high school students? And I'm like, no, I'm actually cool. Like, you guys don't understand. I've been through a lot. I'm cool. But obviously, like, if kids listen to this, like, what are they going to think? You know, they don't know me. So I thought I had those thoughts, too. Hey, that's true. There is a lot of pressure on you. If you don't perform, I might never have any <laughs> listeners again, dude. So no pressure at all. I just no want to put that out there. No pressure. Hey, but not for real. Thanks. I appreciate appreciate you coming on. To be honest, dude, the the real reason I had you on first is because anytime we have conversations, I feel like you're always super open and honest, mm. um, and you always make yourself very vulnerable. Mm. And you know, it, it's something I, I appreciate, and it allows me to be vulnerable and open. Um, what made you like that? Like, how how did that happen? Yeah, I think. Um, well, I was gonna say first, like I think we've talked about this before out of like my friends i think derek you like you're very good at listening so like when you ask questions like you're looking at me with your eyes and like you're listening with your eyes and i, and I realize um there's a lot of intention there and and i think just subconsciously i've just i've just registered it's like oh like you you really want to know like you really want to listen and i think um this like culture that we live in it's very easy to be so surface level and just tell everyone like hey you're good um, but I, again, like, I think I've just had a lot of good friends, like even including yourself, where if I ask you how you're doing, like you're really, you're really going to tell me like how you're doing. And I think, um, it's kind of like when you're open to share, like, Hey, like I'm actually not doing well, or Hey, like I'm, I'm thinking about these issues. It kind of allows me to be like, Oh, like I'm thinking about that too. Like I want to share it too. So I feel like it's like this contagious, like energy, right? Like or like just creating that environment for people to feel safe. And I feel like, I mean, we've been friends for over like close to like 15 years. So it's like, you have been that person in my life where you can just talk about anything and not have any judgment, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a key part for me is, is the non-judgment because anything I say to you, like, I'm not worried about, Oh, what's he going to think about me? Is, is he going to judge me or kind of label me by this just because I shared this about myself and I always know like, no, you're not. And I think that's, that's a, just a key part about being vulnerable is you got to be with someone who you're not, a, who, who isn't going to judge you. 
you know, and, and you're definitely someone who's, who's not going to judge me, who's going to accept me. And kind of to go on like the listening part, um, you know, I don't think I always was a good listener. I think I've gotten better and better because I, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to figure it out. And I think initially, um, you know, I think I thought listening was like, you're just trying to have a conversation, have something to say back to someone. But really a lot of times what, what people are doing when you're talking is you, ha- you already have these ideas of what you're going to say in your head and you're not really listening to what they're saying and you might be missing out on their intentions of what they're saying or the feelings that are coming behind it. But when you are truly just listening and just hearing what, what you're going to, what they're going to say without, um, putting your judgments or your remarks, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm still thinking I'm going to have a response, but I'm not holding that response in my head. I'm like, okay, once he's done talking, I'm going to say this, even though you might be talking for another minute or so, you know, and that what I was thinking might not even be relevant anymore. Yeah. I think, um, a memory that you triggered to me was that I think listening is deeper than just fully being present and listening. I, I think a lot of it has to do with like relating, right? Like I think um, for me, just kind of in the past five years of my life, I think I was very critical about people that I know or very critical about the things that I've done in my life. Or if I've heard like, oh, like this friend did this, this and that, like it's so for so easy for me to judge them. And I think I kind of had like a aha moment, like maybe like three years ago, like right before I got married, where I realized, who am I? Like, I'm, I'm just a guy that's trying to make it out there in this life. Like everybody else, like I think everyone can relate to a certain degree about most like common um, struggles in life. And so I think there's like this saying that I heard where if someone bothers you or if someone triggers you, the the truth is because that person has, uh, or like you and that person have a lot of similarities or like you are that person, like they are your mirror. That's like what I had heard. And it was like the hardest idea to swallow because I'm like, no, I'm not like him. I'm not insecure. I'm not like super prideful. I'm not all these things. And people would trigger me. And when I really explored that idea of like, maybe they bother you because they remind you of you, I was like, oh shit, yeah. Like that's that's me. That that's that person. And I think when um, I have friends that are like, again, like being judgmental about someone else, I'm like, well, hey, like we're not all perfect here. Like I think we we all like mess up to a certain degree. And again, like to your point with listening, I think um, it's just kind of easy for me to put myself in your shoes and be like, oh yeah, I I, I struggle with the same thing, or I, I've gone through that too. And so I think it's just easier to connect with people that way too. Yeah, 100% agree. And, um, you know, I, I kind of, one quote kind of sticks in my head with that. Um, and I don't even know who says this, but when I go to yoga, the yoga teacher says this sometimes, and she's like, everybody is everybody is the same in that everyone wants to be happy. And some of us are might be just further away from that mm. than others. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to hate. It's a lot easier yeah. to judge. And it's a lot harder to just accept someone, you know, and um, really to kind of know that everyone's doing the best they can. Um, my wife actually, actually, she she told me that like that's something that she was having trouble swallowing at one point is that everyone is doing the best they can because you think about some people that might do horrible things or might be very mean or, or whatever it may be. They truly are probably doing the best that they can considering their circumstances, right? We don't know their parents, their life situation, 
all these factors that play into the moment that maybe a moment where we would judge them and say, hey, this person's a jerk or this person's a loser or this person isn't good for me or, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think to your point, like, I think if someone looks at my life, because I, I feel like, um, I don't feel like this often, but I feel like right now is a really good time in my life. I, I, I really feel like I'm living my best life right now. Like I'm married, I, I work for a great company. Um, I shoot weddings on the side. Um, I still work out and run very often. I have great friends in my life. Uh, I'm very ambitious and I'm very driven. And um, and these are all things that I have in my life because my life was so shitty before. And um, I think it's just very... I'm gonna easy. stop you real quick. What, what made it shitty? Yeah, you know, I think as shallow as it seems, I, I feel like uh, I think the hardest thing that I went through was when my dad passed away. And again, I wasn't even that young, but I was 22, like when my dad um, suddenly passed away. And 22 at that age, I had just, I, I didn't even finish college yet, but what I, what I had imagined at that time was I'm going to graduate, I'm going to party, I'm going to just like essentially fuck around and like just get to like find my calling or find my why in life and um, just have fun. And I think um, when my dad passed, it, it really forced me and my brother and my family to grow up. And that's exactly what I didn't want to go through. Like, I didn't want to get a real job. I didn't want to be responsible for like my mom now because my mom didn't work at the time. Uh, yeah, but I, I think recently, like, at my brother's wedding, which Derek didn't make it to because he was <laughs> afraid of driving in the snow and the mountains, but that's totally reasonable. And I, get I miss that. both of their weddings. I'm a <laughs> terrible friend. Uh, it's funny because my brother and I kind of had this moment where we're like, bro, like it's been six years since dad passed, but I finally feel like we're, we have some W's in our lives. Like I, I think through our like hardships and pain, like, I think through all of that, like good things have come. And so I think when someone might see my life, they might think, oh, like this guy is, you know, aware and understanding of other people because he has it all. But for me, I feel like, dude, I've been through the grinder and back. I've, I've been through hell and back. It felt like um, just going through life that way. And so I think. I've made some terrible mistakes in my life. I, I've burned bridges with people. I've burned, um, I've like hurt like really good girls in my life too, like girls that I've dated. Um, I have been a bad friend to people. Like I've been through it all. And so like, I think when people judge someone else, I'm kind of the one to be like, yo, like slow your roll here. Like, does anyone know like what he's going through or what she's going through? Or, like what what's going on in their lives? Because Y'all sitting here on your high horse, but it's like, yo, like, why don't we talk about what's actually going? Has anyone called him to be like, hey, like, I hear here this is happening. Is everything okay? And it's almost like if you pick out one page of a book and read that and be like, oh, this book sucks. It's like, dude, like, no, read the whole book. Like, read the whole book. Let's see if, if you agree or disagree. And I think, um, like, even with you, Derek, like, for my shortcomings, it's not like you were like, oh. I'm never talking to Sarah again because he did this. Like you walked this entire journey with me since we were like 14 and you were like, Oh, like I see Sarah as 
Becerra, I've known since I was 14 till now. I think if he's made bad decisions in his life, like this is a moment. Like this is just one thing that he's done. And I have the trust and faith that he'll grow. And so that's just my thought on that. That's interesting because to be honest, I've never viewed you as in a negative in a negative lens at all. You know, I've always thought you're kind, uh, you're open hearted, you're generous with your time, with with whatever. You're you've always been someone who I know I could count on. And um it's crazy because even I didn't know that you would you were so harsh on yourself in those ways. And that just goes back to what you're saying is we never really know what someone's completely yeah. going through. I mean, I knew when your when your dad passed, I mean, I can't imagine the pain of that. But I know that had to be a low point. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I had no clue that you didn't think that, or you thought that you were a poor friend or, yeah. or bad for these girls or, or anything like that. But, you know what? We're all figuring this thing called life out. And yeah. um, some of us figure it out quick. Some of us don't. For me, I don't know. Um, I, I, think, I think I really... I'm trying to think of how I should phrase this. Um, you know, for me, I, if I look back at high school, like it's not something that I'm proud of. Like you might not have seen this, but when I reflect on high school or me when I was younger, I really view myself as selfish and secure. Um, you know, even when, when you started coaching me and I was lifting weights and you got me ripped and stuff. Now, when I look back on that, like the reason for why I wanted to get ripped isn't a reason yeah. why I would tell someone else to get ripped. Yeah. It was because, you know, we, me and you were both, uh, old, we used to, we were both fat at one point. <laughs> we, we grew up fat and, yeah. you know, we all idolized those people with six packs and yeah. fit. And then I saw you get your six pack and I, it just, it just left me like, dang, like yeah. you're not good enough. So my, my motivation a lot of times was came from a place of you're not good enough. Mm. And that's not like a healthy way. And as I've gotten older, I think I really started to love myself yeah. uh, for who I am. doesn't matter, you know, it, for me, it doesn't matter what my title is, like job, how much money I have, or any of these, these things. It's just being okay and being fully me. Hmm. And for me, being fully me is, I don't even know how you describe being fully yeah. me, you know, like, because I wouldn't say, I guess I'm a teacher, but I wouldn't just describe myself as a teacher. Yeah. I'm a son, I'm a friend. Um really just kind of loving on everyone that I come into contact yeah. with and, and being open. And I attribute, I attribute most of my change to mindfulness, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, I started meditating yeah. probably a year or two ago and that's when I really started to kind of just become aware of all the thoughts that were going on in my head. Um, because for most of my life I was going through life, assuming everything that came in my mind was true. Yeah. So like, oh, you're fat. Mm. Um, you're you're not cool. She won't like you. Yeah. This and that, right? And all those thoughts that came to my head, I, I was just kind of functioning that it's true, mm. and that's why I might be in more conflict because of something. If somebody said something, let's say they said something about weight or something like that, I might get defensive, and it might not even be about me. But yeah. now I'm going through life in this filter of, hey, um, I need to protect myself. You know, that's because I was listening to all those thoughts. So as I started meditating and, and getting into mindfulness, I really started to become aware of these patterns I had in my head and the freedom of, hey, I don't have to listen to those yep. thoughts. Um, I could just notice those thoughts. I don't have to indulge in those thoughts and go down that 
negative rabbit hole that makes me feel worse and ultimately doesn't really get me anywhere. Yeah, I th- I think you've touched on like a lot of like major points. Like for example, for me too, like when I look back at high school, I would never want anyone to remember me for for what they remembered me at high school as, you know, cuz high school is almost like a like a trial run, right? Where like where you're just getting to know yourself really and I think to your point, like right now, like as an adult, like again, like this is almost 10 years later, you're, you're practicing like mindfulness and you're practicing meditation and you're, 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 you have this skill set where you can um, kind of push out negative thoughts that are coming from you. Um, I think the reason why high school is hard is because like you don't even know yourself and you don't know what is true and what is not true. Like you and I as adults, we can wake up as a with a negative thought like, oh, you're not good enough, Sarah or Derek. But as an adult, we, we have like a highlight reel where we can be like, oh, well, I'm a pretty good husband. I'm a pretty good son. Um, I did well in school. Like I, I do great at my work. Like there's kind of like lists of things that you can kind of reflect on. But as a young teenager, when you have that thought, essentially you're kind of crippled and you're just like you, you you believe it and i think looking back because i knew i was going to come here and we're going to talk about high school I, I think i spent too much time just believing so many negative things about myself and i think um maybe when it was it was when i was 22 or 23 and again this is like right before my dad passed and right after i got out of a relationship um, I had realized that, you know, life is really in my control. And if I believe something negative about me, um, it's really up to me to change that. Or if, if I really believe something negative about me, like that's going to eat me alive. And I think through lifting weights and just training and just kind of putting my body through like this fire, I realized if I want something or if I want something to change, it totally can happen. And I know I'm not really saying a point here, but again, I'm just affirming, yeah, high school is rough. Um, be like, I think something like meditating and just being able to filter out noise in your life, especially if it's yourself, if you're being so harsh on yourself, I think if you have the right tools, you can kind of meditate, run, exercise, talk to a friend and just kind of put that all to the side and have like a clear understanding of who you are and like the direction that you want to head. No, I think you're hitting on an important point. I mean, I'm talking about mindfulness and meditation, and, and it, th- those are things that I think can benefit everyone. But you went on to weightlifting, right, and exercise. And that's that's the beauty of life is there's so many different ways to yeah. approach the mind, yep. right? And, and you did it through physical discipline. And through that physical discipline, you learn a lot about yourself, right? When you're struggling and you don't want to do something, you know how to how to yep. get get yourself there anyway, right? Because you're having thoughts like, ah, I don't really want to do this lift today, or I don't want to hit my macros today. Um, macros, by the way, are just carbs, fats, and proteins. Um, yep. You know, so like, you're able to disengage with the mind and and still fully go into that workout or into your eating routine or or whatever it is. And there's other ways too. Some yeah. some people might be they get lost in music or art. Yep. Um, I mean, you can probably even relate to that as now you're deep into photography. Yeah. And I, I guess for mindfulness, for me, 
Um, so yeah, meditating, you, you sit down and you sit with your thoughts, but the real meditating comes in your daily life. Um, mm-hmm. I just look at it as like meditating, sitting on a cushion. That's just kind of practice. Yeah. You know, so um, if I'm sitting down and I start noticing these patterns and I'm, I'm able to kind of create some space between me and those thoughts so I don't get lost in those thoughts. Yep. Now when I'm in my regular day and let's say I'm in a class and a student says something very negative, yeah. maybe to another student yeah. um, that I know is hurtful or yeah. maybe says a negative comment about the lesson or the class itself. If I'm lost, in my, I might have a negative thought pop up yeah. about the student or the situation. Yep. And going back to like not having to believe those thoughts, the, your thoughts a lot of times reveal something about yourself. Like, yeah. oh, hey, like he said your class sucks. Is like, yeah, and you're like, what? You say my class sucks? Do you know how much work I put into this? Yeah. And you can go down that whole rabbit hole. But you're like, why are you taking this so seriously? Yeah. So it kind of led me to not taking things so personally. Yeah. Because um, a lot of times what comes out of all of us isn't, isn't personal i mean a lot isn't personally towards us it says something about us so the way i talk or the things i say if something triggers you um it might not even be my intention to trigger you it might be something inside yourself that you might need to examine or i could just be a jerk too that's possible too (laughs) yeah i think um when you're explaining that i think the most frustrated times that I've been in conflict with a person. It can be at work. It can be my wife. It can be my friends, or it can be someone I don't. I don't know. Um, I find myself closing my eyes, like in a conversation, and I, I'm sure it looks weird because like they're, someone's getting mad at me, and I'm just like literally closing my eyes, and I'm just repeating everything that the person is saying. And um, I think the point that I'm wanting to go to is, in high school, I took everything personally. If a girl didn't like me, or if a certain group of friends didn't want to hang out with me or um, if I wasn't picked for something or if I was invited to anything like it, my first conclusion is like, well, Sarah, like you're not good enough or you're not cool enough or you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough. And that's why you're not uh, being included into this. And the reason why I'm, I'm talking about like closing my eyes and it, it looks weird, but like <laughs> it's, it's, it's my moment to really just be present and sit there and be like, I fully want to understand what you're saying. I think even if it is directed at me, even if you're yelling at me, I'm doing everything in my power to be like, I think you're mad at this situation. I I don't think it's me personally that um, has ruined your mood or me personally that um, has wronged you. I think we're we're both just trying to get to like a common ground and a common understanding. And I think, um, yeah, like in my early teens and just in my early 20s, I spent so much time just assuming um, oh yeah, like it, it's it's on me. It's fully on me. Or um, for like when you said like this whole lesson planning, if a kid says like, "Oh, your class sucks," that's just their way of expressing like, "Hey, like maybe I'm just not having fun in this class." It has nothing to do with your work, um, how you view your class, like your values. It, it has nothing. It could to even do. go back to something that happened earlier in their day. It could go back to something yeah. another student said to them, and they're having a bad day, or they don't like school. Or whatever it may be, and kind of to comment on, on what you said earlier, you said in high school, um, you believed everything that your mind said. Yeah. I think we also, and even beyond high school, people yeah. my age still do this for sure, where they'll believe everything that anyone says to them. Yeah. So like these comments that people will, will say, like have a lasting mark on them, yeah. and you kind of care, start carrying that weight with you, and it, it ultimately for me comes down to 
you gotta accept yourself and, and find a way to accept yourself for where you're at right now, not where you want to be. Yeah. And I think once you can find that place where you accept yourself and and love yourself, yeah. Then like there's no pressure. I'm, you're not searching for that in other people. Like just how you mentioned, you're searching for that in friendship. And girls and sports yep. and all of those things, and I did that too in high school. Yep. Um, but now I've come to a place where I'm like, that's no person, no job, none of that's ever gonna bring me happiness. I have to be able to find happiness within me, yeah, and accept myself. And once I do that, then the sky's the limit. Then yeah. I can really be open with people because I don't have to like fight these thoughts and negative battles in my head and and overanalyze simple comments that may have not had ill intentions at all. Yeah. I think what you're saying is absolutely right. Like if you have the ability to just see yourself for who you are, like, and not even something that's like negative. And I, and I, and I say this with like, if you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. But I say this with like, like if you, let's say you've made a mistake in your life and, and you really, you really regret it. Right. Like I think, for me personally, um, like I worked with my old gym, right? Like barbell, I was there for four years and um, I just felt at, at the fourth year mark, I just very strongly disagreed um, with that the way that we were um, handling our business and the way that like we were essentially compensating our employees. But at that point, I had never ran my own business. Um, the owner was giving me like, full-on authority and reign to run this business as if it was mine all things that are huge blessings like i would never do that for someone else if i had my own business but uh, my owner the owner gave me a lot of opportunities and i think for a long time i was like eating myself alive like because i burned that bridge and the way that, that i left was not um yeah it was it was actually very messy and it's one of those things where it took me about like a year or two and i I know it's very revealing to me because I still have dreams of like me saying, hey, I'm sorry, or me having dreams of like where we all like work out again. And I think that's very telling of my psyche and like my subconscious of like, oh, like you kind of regret what you did. And um, again, like I kind of have to be honest with myself and just be like, yo, like, yes, you made a mistake and you didn't know, like you were so young, like you didn't know that it would have exploded this way. You, you, you did what you thought was right, but it took me so long to get there. Uh, and, and, and like you said, I think, I think if, if there's like a basic understanding of like, Hey, I fully accept myself and I fully accept that like I'm going through change and I'm going through a process and I'm young and I'm always learning, then you won't beat yourself up and judge yourself for all these things. And I think that took a long time and I still struggle with that today, you know? Yeah, I think suffering, like in a sense, you're suffering after that because you're beating yourself up about it and analyzing that situation. Suffering is inevitable, one, like yeah. you can't avoid it. We're going to hit suffering. But just as you mentioned um, with your dad's death and now this barbell situation, suffering ultimately brought you growth. Yeah. And of course, like when someone's in, in the middle of suffering, I'm not going to say, Hey, don't worry about it, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You're going to grow. You're going to grow from this. Yeah. Like I might think that to myself, but so I think there's, yes, there's a point where you're in the middle and you just fully suffer. Yeah. And it's tough. 
Um, but ultimately, I think most suffering tends to lead to growth. Yep. As long as you don't identify yourself by that suffering, like you never identified yourself as you lost your your father, but you're like, I have no dad, and that's who I am. Yep. You know, like yep. you're like this is an unfortunate thing that happened to me. I, I miss my dad, and and all of these things, and but you weren't identifying yourself by that struggle that yeah. you had or by the struggle you had with barbell. You've, you've always been someone who continues to, to push yourself forward yeah. to kind of really reflect on a situation. That's one thing that I love about you, dude, is you're someone who's constantly reflecting on something. It could be a simple conversation. It can be an event that happened. Mm. You're constantly reflecting, but with an open heart and you're not reflecting in like, where were they wrong? You're always mm. reflecting like, where was I hung up here? Yeah. What What could have I done in this situation? I think that's super important to be able to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, I was kind of caught up in my ego here. Yeah. And maybe there, there, you know, it's always two sided. You know, I'm sure in any situation there, there's yeah. two sides. But um, just analyzing what your part in a situation is super important. Yeah, I think um, to your point, I'm sure you agree. Um, People find it impressive that like, oh, like you were always able to focus on the positive. And um, to be honest, like, have you ever thrown yourself a pity party for so long? You're just like, oh, I'm actually sick of this now. Like I, I'm kind of tired of like feeling sorry for myself. I'm kind of tired of expecting people to feel sorry for me. I'm, I'm kind of tired of like waiting for this handout or I'm waiting for God to just show up at my door and be like, hey, Sarah, like I'm going to make your life a million times better now. I think I got really sick of that. And um, I just kind of realized that if I want change in my life, and especially in my life, it has to come from me. It, it's never, got, I'm sure you agree. It's almost like you wanted to be a teacher. It's not like you were in college and someone's like, hey, you want to be a teacher? I'm going to give you a job right now. It's like, no, like you first had to declare, I want to be a teacher. I want to go to school. You go through school. Uh, you're supporting yourself to a time and then you go through these interviews and you're telling the school like, hey, I want to work here. Not like, oh, hey, we like you. You're good looking. Hey, um, let's give you this job. Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Your tattoos look amazing. Uh, you have a big heart. Yeah, like I, I think, um, again, there are people that will never get out of their own pity party. And that's the reality. Like some people don't. And I still know adults to this day and when I listen to their story, I'm like, hey, like, it's been like 15 years, bro. Like, I think you can let that go. Like, you're the only one that's keeping it alive. Um, yeah, I just got really tired of feeling bad about myself. And like, even like I talk about like my dad passing away, like being the most traumatic thing in my life. But it's like I have friends where their dad has like committed suicide or they never had a dad or both parents left. And at that point, it's like, well, then what's my excuse? Right, like they're 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 trying to figure out their lives too, but yeah. Anyways, like that's just yeah. I mean, one thing I always try to do is I see what you're saying. Like other people in your eyes, like have had it a lot tougher. Like you're grateful that you had all those years with your father and and his mentorship and his love. Um, I also don't want to downplay like suffering is suffering. Like yeah, you're suffering with suffering. Like I yeah. I can't imagine that um, the pain, you know. And I, I guess, I don't even know where I was going with this, uh, to be honest. Um, but I think like a lot of people just don't know how to deal with their suffering in a healthy way. 
Yeah. Um, what, what would you say? What would you recommend to someone? Like, if, if you're like, how did you get through your, your father's passing? Yeah, I think you'll have to answer this question because I don't want to forget it. But I, I did want to ask you, like, yeah, go ahead. What's the hardest thing you've been through in your life? The hardest thing I've been through in my life. So I'll start off uh, with the disclaimer. I've had a very blessed life, you yeah. know. Um, that's that's okay. Two, two parents yeah. love me, great family. Um, probably the hardest thing I had been through in my life was my brother. Mm. Um, you know, like he had a little period where he was struggling with drugs mm. and it kind of like was like, it kind of tore apart our family in a way. Mm. And, uh, just seeing like someone who's your, your best friend, mm. you know, completely change and they don't seem like the same person anymore. Mm. And then you see the pain that your your parents are going through and you see how much they love how much they they love your brother and um how much i love my brother and then you just you know it's completely out of your control i think that's when when we suffer the most when something is completely out of our control yeah and you know we can't stop it um that probably was the toughest period of my life i was in high school at the time yeah. too um and like i said he was my best friend and to see him go down that path was really hard uh, I'm super grateful to say he got out of that hole, yeah. you know, um, he's doing a whole lot better. Uh, but I had a lot of resentment towards him probably for a year or two. Um, mm. Like after that situation, like went to its peak. Mm. And I think letting go of that resentment is what really got me over the hill mm. for that. Because um, I had like a lot of anger about the things he did. Mm. And uh you know, really, my mom, like, my mom's really the reason why I was able to, like, to forgive him and get over it. Because mm. um, I just had this anger. And then she told me when, uh, like, holding anger and resentment, that's going to hurt you the most. Mm. And it was true because yeah. at my core, I want to love you, you know. Yeah. Um, I just had this blockage and this narration in my head. And I, once I got past that, I was able to forgive him. Um, it's like weight lifted off my shoulders. And, you know, I don't want to think about that situation. Like I was, I put him in a box because of that situation for a while. Yeah. And that goes back to like, we're all evolving. We're all growing. So we shouldn't put these people in boxes. Um, that's just, he was doing the best he could at that time. And that was the best he could. Yeah. And some people are like, that's the best he could. But considering that for whatever yeah. reason, that was the best he can do at, at that moment. And, um, now he's, he's doing awesome. Uh, you know, so that's probably the toughest period of my life. Yeah. Um, and some people might, like, Hey, that's a pretty good life. That's like the toughest part. Um, but that kind of just goes back to that thing. I said, like suffering is suffering period. Um, yeah. I would say the same thing. Like I know people who have struggled a lot more, who have faced a lot more turmoil. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'm kind of grateful for that situation because I, I learned a, yeah. a really important lesson just about forgiveness and, and letting go. Yeah, I think um, I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, at least with me, I feel like your disclaimer is like not necessary because I, I think there are a lot of people that won't give you street cred because your life was easy. But yeah. yeah, but it's like, don't oh, we all want that? Yeah, yeah, but it's like, uh, like, are you saying that you want my life to be fucking miserable? It's just so that like you could be like, okay, yeah, I get your pain now. And, it, and 
I think that's something yeah, that that's me a great and, point. Yeah, I think that's something me and my brother and uh, I'll answer your question, but like I think at the time when I was 21, 22, I had a lot of friends where um, their family was very, what's the right word? Like um, their families would financially support um, their sons and kids. And they were like 22, 23, like parents are giving them allowances. Like they don't have to worry about like, like financial stuff. But me and my brother, like my brother was paying for like the mortgage pretty much at our house. And my brother was paying for my mom's bills. Like I was barely making any money. And for me and my brother, like we would we would be throwing pity parties all together. We'll name people like, oh, can you believe like he gets allowance from his parents? Oh, fuck that guy. Like we would go down this crazy, crazy, like just unreasonable, unreasonable hate like towards people that had a good life. And um, I think I came to this conclusion one day where I was like, if my dad was a millionaire, I'm pretty sure I'd be the most spoiled fool ever. Because he would have bought me everything and anything because that's how he loves me. And I realized that there's no difference. Like, it, I think I was getting mad at people because they had something that I didn't have. They had stability. They had a safety net. They had a good life. But it's like, okay, this is, again, a random story. But I became friends with this guy named David Jackson. David Jackson is um, a best friend of one of my close best friends. When I met David, we immediately hit it off because he told me that his mom passed away. And then I told him, dude, my dad passed away. And then we started going down this rabbit hole and we ended up finding out that our parents passed out on the same day, same year. That's crazy. Coincidence? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I, I see it as like, I think God, yeah, I think, yeah, I think God right? put David Jackson in my life. Cause one thing he said to me and like, I remember this is my first time hanging out with this guy. He tells me this one thing. He tells me, Sarah, like I spent like four years wanting people to understand my pain. The, the, the pain of losing a parent unexpectedly. And then he tells me the people that understood went through the same thing. They lost someone. And David told me, he goes, why would I want people to understand me? Because if they understand me, they've went through hell and back. I could not stop crying. I was like, yo, that is so profound. I, I'm, 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 I'm looking for people to accept me and understand me and know my story. But everyone that does has lost someone. And so when you, you don't have to give a disclaimer, I'm, I'm sure you say it with the podcast because they're going to be like, oh, Mr. Dawson has had a pretty good life. But I, the way I see it is like, dude, if you had a good life, great. Like live it up. And I think um, even with a quote unquote good life, there are still struggles and challenges. And, and, and one thing I wanted to ask was um, with you and your brother, was there any closure or like any like conversation where you was like, where like, hey, I resented you or hey, like I felt like you hated me or was there anything like that? Like during or after? Um, I can't recall like one specific conversation or anything. Um, just that conversation I had with my mom. And then like, cause I, you know, you can feel that energy when someone resents you or doesn't yeah. want you around them. And I was, that energy was coming out for me <laughs> loud and clear. Um, so that energy just kind of changed. And then I just started talking to him yeah. hanging out and we kind of just instantly kind of went back to how we were. Yeah. Um, so that's really what it was. I mean, me and him had been, you know, when you have a brother, I mean, you could relate yeah. to this. You and Maro are super close in age and you guys have had plenty of arguments and fights and then made up. So it was kind of just like that, like, except this was probably a more serious argument, you know? Yeah. And, um, could have really threatened our relationship together uh but once like i was able to accept it 
because um, like he wasn't doing anything wrong at that point. It was just me hanging on to that and not letting mm. that go. So once I was able to do that, then it just kind of went back to how it was, um, where you know we're just best friends and bros. Um, with that experience, like obviously, like having or feeling like someone is kind of like, kind of like, I mean, the way I'm interpreting it is like when your brother was going through like an unstable part of his life, um, and it feeling like it it was tearing up your family, and then you know you gave him the benefit of the doubt, like you loved on him, you had faith in him, and you had hope that you know he can improve. Um, where do you find yourself like doing that in your life now? Like, where do you give people hope or a chance or um, an opportunity to grow? So I guess I'll begin uh, just talking about my mom um, yeah. with that whole story. So through the whole entire process, nothing but unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And for I guess like if I was to describe what unconditional love is, is you accept and love someone for who they are this very minute, not what you want them to be or who they were, but for for who they are this moment. Like your your love is unchanging. You're gonna mm. love that person no matter what. And um, throughout that whole process, there's so many opportunities where a lot of moms would give up on him, mm. you know. And there are stories where that happened, you know, kick him to the streets or yeah. or whatever it may be. But my mom never stopped fighting for him, mm. and I was like. If she could do that, yeah. like the pain she's going through, why can't I do that? Yeah. And how it translates to like my daily life is like I'm I don't like saying that, you know, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'd consider myself someone who's who's non-judgmental. Yeah. Um and that story contributes to it just cuz I I saw the love that my mom shed on him no matter what. And just throughout my life she's always been someone who just loves and accepts on everyone yeah. Um, no matter what. So she was always like the last person to judge someone or she is someone who's the last person to judge someone. And I take that with me everywhere I go um, with my students. You know, if you know, dude, a lot of my students go through stuff that I have no clue about, yeah. but I know they're going through some real stuff. Yeah. Um, friends, uh, people, I, uh, someone that honks at you in the street, um, someone that's impatient, you know, there's all these people that have all this anger and, and, you know, you see the state of yeah. our world today, especially with social media, how much a division there is, how much yeah. anger. And, you know, I just really just try to, I guess I just try to love on everyone, accept people for where they're at. Um, of course, I'd want them to, to open their hearts and, and not be so angry, but that's where they're at right now. If I have an opportunity to help them, great. As far as my students, I, the way I do that is... I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to accept you. I'm not going to judge you. And um, it's not something I communicate and tell you, hey, I'm not going to judge you for this. They just know um, by how I talk to them, like listening to them. Because when they're talking to me, I'm actually listening. And when someone acts up or might have an F in the class with 30 missing assignments, I'm not like, this kid's a loser. He's not going to go anywhere. I'm not, not one part of me thinks that. I'm just like, thing like i what goes to my head is like i wonder i wonder what's going on yeah like is it he's just disconnected with school and doesn't yeah. find meaning in school which we can get into that there's plenty of reason for that is it something going on at his house or her house something she's fighting through or he's fighting through um so that's kind of where i go um i, I read this one book is called loving kindness mm. And it's a type of meditation, loving kindness, kind of where 
uh, I won't get into love and kindness meditation, but there's one quote in this book where she mentioned if there's whenever there's like a situation, always, um, especially a situation you're struggling with or where you might have anger or resentment or something, consider everything that led up to that situation. Because a lot of times what we do is we, we're just judging that situation alone and we're not considering all the steps that led up to that situation. So that's something I try to practice. Like if you see a homeless person on the street or just someone that seems like a jerk, yeah, I just kind of go on my head and like, I wonder what, what led up to that. Yeah. And when you do that, it's hard not to be more compassionate towards that person because you know people don't magically become assholes one day yep. um, or magically become angry and filled with hate. Those things don't just magically happen. There's steps that... Yep. That we're all babies at one point, you know, yep. we're all babies with clean slates and then life had its hands on us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, it's actually, you know, like, again, like when you have the ability to listen and just kind of hear about someone's life, um, it paints a picture and like, you're able to understand like, oh, like that's why you're like that. And, um, you're trying to prevent, well, I mean, like, again, like, I, I don't want to say who I know and their personal story, but, you know, I, I have a friend that I kind of, like, totally judged them when I was getting to know them. And after a few drinks, like, we got to talk about life, and I got to really know them, and I understood, oh, like, you've had, like, it's very similar to you, like, you've had big, like, family pain, like, um, like in trauma growing up, and you're doing everything in your power to make sure that never happens again, like within your family. And so like my friend comes off aggressive and just um, a little too confident in all these situations. But I understand like, it's like, Oh, like you had a tough past. Um, but like to your point, like, so I don't know how I actually got out of this like deep, like dark, like depressed state after my dad passed. Um, Cause, because truly only time just passed. Time was passing. Yeah. And it's really interesting when people tell me about like 2015, 2016, I really can't remember a single thing that happened in that year or those two years. Because wow. yeah, like my mind is so blocked off on that. Like the, the furthest that I can actually remember is like 2017 because that's like when I married my wife and things like that. But before that, 2015, I... Oh, 2014, I graduated college. 2015, I, it's, it's a really big blur. Um, but I remember, I think it was like maybe a year after my dad had passed. And I remember, I, I don't know, I had this thought of like, okay, like life sucks. Like me and my brother and my mom are going through hell and back. Like what's something that I can be thankful for today? Like just, just a simple thought. And mm-hmm. I was just like, it seems so stupid that I had this thought, but you know what? I was like, I have a job. Me and my mom, my brother, we were all alive. Like it started off like that. And it ends up becoming this, like this discipline thing. And um, I guess the best way to explain it too, is like, if you want to get, I mean, we've played water polo. If you want to get good at water polo first year, two years, three years, like you're drowning. Like you just, you kind of suck. But if you only focus on the drowning, you're never going to want to keep playing water polo. And I feel like life's the same way. If you only think about the negative things, um, you're going to live life like that. And so I think even now in my life, if I start a new hobby or a new passion project, I really just try to focus on what's really growing here. 
like um so even for me the, the most recent thing that i started was um like even so i work a full-time job and then um i shoot weddings on the side and i kind of fell into it because i had a friend that needed to get married and was like hey can you take my photos and i, I thought it was too big of a jump to like even say yes i, I don't have the experience i don't have the practice but i just said yeah and I just kept the same principles. I just kept practicing, kept shooting people, like kept shooting random things. I took my camera everywhere and I just started focusing on the things that I'm getting better at. Yes, if I take a bad photo, if I had to deliver a bad photo, I'm like, okay, yeah, like that's bad. But I'm not gonna kill myself over it. I'm not gonna beat myself over it. I'm not gonna judge myself for that. I'm gonna just accept that this is where I'm at. This is part my skill of the process. Set. Yeah, it's all part of the process. And again, like to answer your question and to wrap that up, I think when you're going through something hard, yes, like, live and breathe that moment it, it's gonna suck it's gonna be hard but don't ever forget there's also good things in life it could be anything focus on that too and that's just kind of like my thing now that's great advice and i really like how you said live and, and breathe that moment it kind of reminds me um because a lot of times when like those negative and tough emotions come up our first instinct is like we want to shove those away yeah. and push those away because it it sucks to feel those. Yeah. Um, it sucks to feel sadness and regret mm. and all of those things. But when we push those away and like never face them, they yeah. never go away. Like at some point, yep. we really have to face it head on and and feel it fully if we're really gonna get past it. Because like only by feeling it fully can you ever come to acceptance. And there's like a, another quote. Uh, shout out Dharma. She's the yoga teacher. She'll bring her up again. <laughs> Um, but she, like sometimes during yoga, um, she says it's healing to feel what you're feeling mm. and that goes with the yoga, you know, whatever poses you're doing. Like yeah. if you're feeling a strain in your muscles or whatever it may be, it's actually good for your muscles. You know, you're, you're releasing tension and all those things, but it's the same thing with these emotions we deal with. Like if you ever been through a heartbreak or or whatever it may be yeah um really going into those feelings and, and feeling them fully allow allows you to let them go and, and start moving forward yeah i think um the way that i've been interpreting it is um i've just been using the like phrase like just jump in in the fire because that's yep. just gonna suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it sucks it sucks it, it sucks being on that hot seat right like any any aspect of your life it, it really it really is so tough like um, I think for me, what's been a source of meditation and I mean, I grew up in church and, um, I think prayer was such a static thing where you just sit there and just pray. And, and like, and for me, I never really felt anything from that. And just recently, um, during COVID when gyms closed down, I, I picked up running. And so, um, I finished like a, my first half marathon, like a few weeks back. And then I'm actually doing a full marathon with a buddy of mine in, in like a week. We're going to run a full 26 miles. But a lot of people would ask me on Instagram, like, yo, like, so why do you keep running? Like, how do you keep running? I hate running. And I, I tell them, like, when I run, I'm free. It's just me and my thoughts. That's it. And it's really like the way I've been interpreting it is it's literally like when I run for 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes of my day where I can just like pump myself up like Sarah, you're the fucking shit. Like you've already told yourself you don't want to run this, but you're running it. Like, hey, like someone says something really nasty to you, but like, hey, like in context, it's really not that big of a deal. And I think as you're running, I'm sure meditating and yoga is the same. Like you're really like having this 
sounds really weird, but like out of your body and, and like you're just in your mind, like you have this like out of body experience where you can just kind of see everything level set. Like you can just kind of see everything objectively. And I think for me, running is like that one thing that reminds me of like, dude, if you just kind of be in the fire, um, go through the grind, at the end, there's always light. There's always something like good that's going to come from the end. And I always have to keep myself mentally and emotionally just like disciplined to just keep throwing myself in the fire. That's amazing. I can't believe you're going to run. How many miles is a marathon? 26.2. That's insane. I'm a, I'd be one of those people. I hate running. I, <laughs> how can you do that? Hey, so so for people that don't know, uh, Sarah, Sarah, tell them a little bit about your fitness history. Uh... Well, so it's funny too. Like when I run, I, I, I actually, I, I bring it all the way back to playing water polo. That's like, I always tell people, Hey, water polo has without me knowing. And I didn't know until like maybe a year ago, like us waking up at 6am as like a freaking 14 year old to, <laughs> yeah. to, to swim in the cold and play water polo and just get beat up every day in the summer. But also during season, like have that same like grind I think I learned so much from that. And again, it was a mindless thing where I was like, oh, I'm going to practice. Oh, I'm not going to ditch. I'm going to keep playing. I want to get better. Like I, I, I first started playing water polo like in high school. I think that really built up my cardio base because um, in college, like when I started lifting and post-college, um, when I started like powerlifting and doing some CrossFit stuff, people had noticed that, hey, like your endurance is actually like really good. Like I don't understand like how you're able to do all these sets and not get like gassed out. Um, I, are you talking about like, like my, I guess like my personal records or just, or yeah, no, just like how you got into this, how you came from, because you used to be super into powerlifting. You got super jacked. You're, you're what motivated me to start getting super into fitness. I mean, same thing, like water polo taught me tons of discipline. I think that's the biggest thing that water polo taught me is discipline. Yeah. Um, just like you said, those morning practices. Um, learn, also, like it taught it taught me a lot more than just discipline. Like working with other teammates. Yep. It was that was probably one of my favorite parts uh, yep. of of high school or, or of my sports life period was water polo. Um, but then like you get out of high school and then you got super into lifting and then you yep. were just fully dedicated into that and only that you got super dedicated into your macros. Where now it wasn't only the weights, but it was also what you're fueling your body with. And you did this complete transformation of your body where now you're lifting a ton ton of weight. And in addition, you have a shredded six-pack. You're now coaching people on how they can do that. And matter of fact, you coached me yep. and got me there. And now you're on to this new venture where you're about to run a marathon. Yeah. Like that that's quite the the process and it's amazing. Yeah, it's a trip because um, I think you and I talked about you. You've already said it. Like we both used to be fat, so like the mo- the number one motivation um, used to be like getting at the girls, you know. And <laughs> I think um, I don't shame myself for that, and I don't like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't discredit myself for that. And I, I think it was part of the journey. It's part, part of the, of the process. Journey. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times, like. I'm only 28 and some of the people that I work with or some of the people that I know, like they're extremely out of shape and, and, and they are not motivated to be active. And so when I talk to them, it's, it's very hard for me to, even for me, 
it's a hard for me to relate. And, and, and the reason being is I think to when you have a goal in your mind, I'm so used to just giving my 100% to reach that goal. Like no matter what, like it, I, I'm, I'm able to put a goal as my number one priority on my list. And I think um, as dumb as it sounds, the first time I experienced that or one of the first few times I experienced that was when I just wanted to get jacked. And I, I hired a coach. Um, I was lifting like six times a week, um, two and a half hours to three hours each day. I was doing cardio too. And finally, when I got jacked, I was like, dude, only my guy homies notice. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it was the total opposite effect. And I felt dumb. But then, um, yeah, like in short, I went through this other journey of like, after I got jacked, I was like, well, what's after that? Like, well, this seems lame. Like, um, I worked so hard to get here. And I think like, I kind of fell off the wagon of lifting too. And um, I think it was only up until like maybe a year ago or two years ago of kind of just like coasting and cruising of just kind of working out still and not really pushing myself is the whole idea of like, dude, like I think life is tough. And with like family stuff, career stuff, um, friendship stuff, just any challenges in life. Um, I think fitness is the one thing that I can keep practicing like um, discipline, keep practicing like my drive, keep practicing um, how does my body and mind respond when I'm going through physical stress. And so now it's really a form of my meditation. And it's also for me to practice when life gets hard. Um, it's like a, it's like a hard run. It's like a, like a 13 mile run, like mile six, I feel like I'm going to die. I should quit. Like my legs are cramping or I, I feel, I feel like my lungs are going to collapse. Like but if I can keep feeding myself like, hey, man, just go one more mile, one more mile or like in life, if you can just go one more day, hey, like, let's look at something positive. Like, what's one thing that positive? Happens? If you can just keep practicing that discipline, I think yeah, a lot of great things can happen. And yeah. So, you, you kind of show yourself, hey, I can do hard things. Yep. And on the same token, me getting ripped uh, was that same process for me, like. I had always wanted to get a six pack and this and that. I tried to bro science stuff, um, <laughs> but ultimately, like it, it never. I tried starving myself, yeah. uh, where I was like eating like two almonds a day. I'm kidding. I wasn't eating that little <laughs> three. Um, <laughs> I was eating three. <laughs> but then, like, I saw you did that. You did it, and I was like, hey, like it's attainable. And now, not yeah. only do I have someone that I know did it, there's a there's a path. Yep. And like knowing that there's a path and the steps that I could take to get there. And, um, you know, I was, what, I was your first client, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Literally. I was like, I was, your, I was your guinea pig. I remember you yeah, told yeah. me that, like, hey, are you down to be my guinea pig? And I was like, yeah. And <laughs> I instantly, yeah. And it was the best thing that happened to me. Um, just because, like, I think that's something I miss post high school and going into college and yeah. being a young adult now is, like, that discipline. I, yeah. I I, I needed that somewhere and, and that's where fitness really came in for me is hey, I, I can even take my discipline to a whole nother level. Absolutely. From being a former fat boy where I want to eat whatever I want, yep. um, you know, to now like I'm watching what I'm eating. Um, I'm not starving myself. Yep. I'm working hard and, and just that whole process was super rewarding and same token as you also. And um, when I did get jacked, what, what was weird is like we were talking the other day, like I sent you a picture of when oh, I was yeah, super yeah. jacked and you're like, I can't believe you were that jacked. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, me neither. Like, yeah. because at the time when I was that jacked, I'd have like one day where I might eat a little extra 
And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, hey, my abs are kind of going away a little bit. <laughs> but in reality, like they weren't. Yeah, it was all weren't. in my head. And, um, you know, so like getting there, it kind of like showed me like, hey, um, you know, we have these expectations in our in our head of once I get this, yep. I'm going to be happier. Once I get yep. that, we're always waiting for that. Once I, you know, yeah. and um, that situation really taught me because I put months and months of work and even when I got there, it was cool. And, um, but it didn't bring that feeling that I was, I was chasing. Yep. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier is you just really need to find that happiness and joy within yourself. Absolutely. And then now, you know, I'm heading back that way where I'm going to try to get jacked for my 30th, which is in a couple of years. Um, But now, like, I'm not fueled by my insecurities. Yep. It's more of, like, I love the process. The process is a lot of fun, and it's cool to challenge yourself like that. And, yeah, it also is cool to be walking around jacked because there's not a lot of individuals that that walk around jacked. and, And, you know, when... You know, some people like to like hate on people that are super buff and stuff like that. But like I look at it as like you're a walking trophy, like you're a yeah. walking example of discipline. Yeah. Well, at least that's how I look at them now because I had been through that process so I can appreciate the whole process so much more. Yeah, I think um, to your point, like I think, yeah, there are major benefits of just being jacked or strong or lean. Um, but I think what, what we're hitting at is that there's a deeper layer there. There is, it's more than just looking good, but it's how you got there. The mindset, even just telling yourself like, Hey, like I'm going to get there and, and figuring out a plan. And I think one thing that you said, um, just really made me thinking where it's like, you saw me do it first. So you're like, Oh, Hey, now there's a path. And I think with training and just like getting lean. So like, like for anyone that's listening, like I went from like, 209 to 180 over like a several several months and at 209 i wasn't even that like like chubby i like literally like got down to like no body fat like i got like really lean but speaking of paths i think because i've done something that like my my close friends haven't done i realized that oh like i'm in control of my life and yes i i believe in god and all those things but if i want something if i really declare it and just spend time and have the correct coaches and resources and friends that are doing it along with me. It's only a matter of time that like I will get what I want. And I think, yeah, that's something that took years to realize. And again, like, I think that's why, like when it comes to like running, people are like, how are you running like four miles during lunch at like a seven minute pace? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, destroying myself because if I don't destroy myself who's going to we're not in high school anymore we don't have a coach yelling at us and I feel like um like again like the way I see like the hard things that like when my dad passed I felt like that's like almost like life yelling at me or like a coach yelling at me like to grow and like to go through something rough and go through something hard and then I'm finally at the finish line but now I know it's like dude, like if life or if, if my life is good, which it is right now, if my life is good, if I'm not putting myself in the fire, if I'm not yelling myself to keep growing, like I'll be stagnant. And so, yeah, I think that's what fitness means to me now. Like, yeah, looking great. It's great. Um, I'm glad I got there. I got, I'm glad I got to experience it. Um, but I think more than anything, it's like an emotional and like mental and like spiritual, spiritual thing now with my life. 
So. Yeah, it's definitely could be a vehicle for growth. It, that aspect of it, I, I love. And now, like, you went to, like, running. I've gone to, like, yoga. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went to yoga for, like, several different reasons. Um, one reason is, like, when we were lifting, um, you know, you saw that, like, squat and balance. Yeah. People that don't lift are probably, what are these dudes talking about? <laughs> but um, because I had a, a bad ankle injury and yeah. I, I had to squat and balance and I was just trying to get my body right and um, work on my flexibility. So that's what kind of got me into yoga. And then, then I got into meditation. It kind of came full circle. Yeah. And... It's interesting because, like, it pushes me in a different way. Um, like, you would never think squeeze, like, putting your body in these weird positions can be so uh, so difficult, yep. especially mentally. How quick your mind is to say, oh, you can't hold this anymore. You can't hold this anymore. And then you're just kind of breathing into it and, and, and noticing what's going on in your mind, but not getting lost and, and, and letting it take over. So that's... Same thing as you, like, it's kind of brought me here, and um, it's funny, because we both started with water polo, and yeah. now we're, here we are, like, continuing to this fitness journey, and of course, like, for me, fitness also is important, because I want to be healthy when I'm older, yeah. um, I, I want to be flexible, I want to be able to tie my shoes, I want to be one of those, like, 70 or 80 year olds walking around, yeah. you know, and something else that, while, while you're talking, kind of hit me, um, you're talking about how like kind of you're in control, right? What I also find interesting is like when you want something and like you said, you declared it, right? It's crazy how doors will open up for you um, if you're yeah. uh, if your eyes are open and, and you're yeah. aware of it. Because that's happened in my life so much where I was like, I want to do this. And I set this as my intention, right? Yeah. Or I'm chasing this. And there I set my attention. I'm putting in the work and that's all I need to do. But the world, the universe, whatever, opens these doors for you. And it's amazing. Just like you ran into that coach yep. or you had certain events that happened. And it's the same thing for me whenever I really want something. Um, and especially when it's like pure intention, I feel like it's, the world will work. Like that will that will and can happen for you. You just have to have to be open to it and um and for me, like sometimes it's letting go of control a bit. Like, yeah. like when we're in the process of me cutting and, and yeah. getting jacked, um, you know, one thing you continue to emphasize to me was trust the process. So if I have a weigh-in that's a little heavier, or I might not be losing weight as quickly as I want, I just like kind of trust the process, hands-on. Just put your head down and work, and do what you can do, and it's gonna work out for you. Um, it doesn't always work out exactly how we expected, but it works out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I think, like when you were talking about that, I think life's weird, man. Like, I think life, there's no one way to put it, right? Like, one is like declaring it. Two, um, being ready when opportunities are available to you. But even when you get that opportunity, it's knowing when to just put your head down and just grind. Like you said with the photography, like yeah. you, you got an opportunity for a wedding and what you did is you just put your head down and, and started taking a lot of photos and you weren't afraid to take to go into that open door because you could have like, you could have, like you said, said, nah, I'm not going to do that shoot. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not yeah. this and that. And then that door may have closed and who knows if you'd still be taking pictures today. Yeah, I think, um, so I'm like a huge like Dave Goggins guy. 
Um, Stay hard, man. <laughs> he's crazy. And I, I remember he was saying something along the lines of like, and this is very true in my life. He, he would talk about pain and he talks about there's only two, two pains in life. One from regret and one from the la- uh, one from discipline. So it's either from regretting something or from or for for being in the fire. And I realized the pain of regret is something that, dude. Like I'm sure there are things like so some things that I think about is like, dude. Like we could have been a really good water polo team. Like if, if like we just practice double the amount of time, or if if I, I was actually decent in swimming in high school. Like if I joined a swim club. Those are all things that happened 15 years ago that I still think about to this day. And I think just the pain of regret is something that I'm really tired of. And so like, even in that moment when my friend asked me, can you shoot my wedding? I was driving home and just having all those conversations like, oh no, you're not good enough. You're not experienced enough. Like you actually have friends that shoot weddings, just tell them to do it. And I just took a deep breath and I was like, well, like, why don't I bet on myself today? Like, I haven't done that in a long time. I should just tell myself, like, hey, like, I think you can do it, man. Just try it. If you fail, hey, that's part of the process, too. And so, yeah, I love Dave Goggins. I'm shouting out my one of my idols, but, um, yeah. Hey, he's a beast. Uh, his mentality, I mean, I'm kind of worried about his body when he's older. <laughs> sure. But it's yeah. amazing what he can put himself through. So if you've never heard of David Goggins, look him up. Yeah. He's a, a special human being for sure. Hey, uh, something else that I wanted to talk to you about is like you've all you and this goes for your brother too. Both of you guys have always found time to like dive into your passions or to explore your passions, Got even it. if your your life is super busy or chaotic. You've always found that time to do that, and I think that's super important. I think it's a lot. It's yep. something that most people don't do. Most people just go to work, go home. Um, you know, do whatever they do. And then next, same thing every day. And like some maybe don't know what their passions are or haven't explored them. Yeah. Some like have these passions that might be itching at the back of their head yep. and they just haven't acted on them. I think it's so important. Like in the beginning of the school year, I had my students create a vision board. Mm. Um, not like I didn't have them do a vision board of just like, what are your, your vision for this school year? Yeah. I wanted it to really be something like, what are you passionate about? Because that's something I see in the world today where people don't chase their passions. Even like your passions don't need to bring you tons of money. Yeah. Um, just doing what you enjoy brings is worth a lot more than money. So like what, what, what's made you do that where you're someone who constantly dives into your passions, whether it be lifting or photography yeah. or, or tattoo, tattoo art, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think, um, well, long story short, I, I had great parents that really believed in extracurricular activities and hobbies. They just, for for Asian parents, they just thought it was so important to like, just do something you like. And I think there is discipline being a young, so I was like 12 when I first learned how to play bass guitar. And it was like the first thing that I thought was, really cool like out of my own mind i'm like oh this bass guitar it must be easier because there's less strings but that's not true but i had thought like this is really awesome and so i had an older friend named kevin who went to my church and he was nice enough to be like yeah i'll teach you like he wasn't trying to charge me or tax me he was like yeah i'll teach you just come on saturday to church and i'll sit with you and i'll teach you and i think um again like 
it was a little bit of like my family supported me and said, hey, like, if you like something, just do it. Um, I've had good people in my life to teach me to be like, hey, like, uh, yeah, I'll show you the ropes. And then um, I've also just had really good people in my life that are doing similar hobbies as me to like just share. And I really view hobbies as um, kind of like a tool for life. If you like something, most likely you don't want to suck at it. That's just, I think that's, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know if I'm speaking for everyone, but like if you like, I don't know, if you like archery, I'm pretty sure you don't want to be the one that's missing all the time. Like you per- naturally just want to, get better at hitting the target that you want. Yeah. So you will slowly start developing, um, being competitive with yourself. You will slowly start developing, how can I shoot this arrow better? I know nothing about archery, by the way. Um, like, yeah, yeah, just like little things like, oh, I wonder who around me knows how to um, shoot a bow and arrow. And like you slowly start networking. And so I kind of saw hobbies as, yo, like if you, hobbies are no different than life. Um, you have to declare it you have to learn it yourself um you have to network with people um and also something that i've had really good i've had great mentors in my life i have people that i still call and text and be like yo thanks for shooting me that job or hey thanks for teaching me that thing and i think uh, when you get really good at something i feel like you kind of owe it to the world to give it back like share that too it's not just you just um getting fed 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 and fed i think this this is a whole system like yeah, a whole bunch of, of selflessness going on and on and on. Like one selfless act leads to another selfless act. Absolutely. And I see that with you all the time. And um, so you're talking about like archery and so passions, right? Yeah. So as far as, as passions, like you were talking about like mentorship and you had all these great people in your life. And, you know, not everyone is going to have as many mentors sure. as many people, but even you, you always refer to YouTube as yeah. YouTube University, <laughs> right? Yeah. We have this great tool called the internet yeah. where anything you want to learn, you can literally learn. Yep. And that's something like I try to emphasize to my students. Um, I try to practice with myself. Like just this podcast, I was going to YouTube, figuring out how to use GarageBand, how yep. to set up the mics yep. and all of these things. And like, there's no excuse not to, to chase your, your passions or, yeah. or to even explore them um, like there's so much you can learn on YouTube. Anything. A Google search. Anything. It's crazy. Like Anything. I'm sure you've learned like a plethora about weightlifting, about uh, photography, just through YouTube and Google. Everything. I've learned everything on YouTube. And yeah, I think like we live in a weird age where there's nothing that you can't learn off of YouTube. And that's kind of scary. Um, yeah, a little bit. But I don't know. I think YouTube's a great resource. And I, I always look back and I have no regrets with how I was a student at school. Like I was a really shitty student. Like in high school, I got all C's, like just enough to pass. C's get degrees, homie. C's get degrees. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think um, I wish I had realized school is like life where like your job or something like they're going to give you a project to do. And just like school and just like life, I, I approach it the same way. I wait to the last minute to learn it and to do it. And I hope I don't get fired for this for my work. And I'm, I'm sure my work will never listen. But I wait to the last minute to learn something. And I learn it very quickly. And I present it very well. And I learned that from school. And I realized, oh, school, yeah, the topics might not be applicable. But what school is teaching you 
is the discipline to research, to learn something, to make it your own, to understand like what this topic actually means and for you to teach it and re-explain it. I think there's so much to life that's like that. Like even in college, like taking four courses, working part-time and balancing all those like assignments and research and your social life, that kind of prepares you for life. And I, I realize school doesn't, like school's topics might not be 100% applicable, but it's teaching you what life is actually really like. And so. Yeah, I agree. School, one of the biggest things you can take away from school is, like you said, discipline, learning how to be disciplined. If you can force yourself to sit down in a class you don't like with the teacher that you may not like. Mr. Dodson. (laughs) (laughs) And you're able to get through that and and pass. And even if you're able to even do well, even better, right? Um, That translates to everything that you're going to face in the real world. Because you might have a boss you don't like. Uh, You might be in a tough situation where you're not sure if you can get through it. But school is really like a reflection of the outside world. Even when I look at just like the community of school is kind of like a smaller community of the bigger world um, with a little less chaos, uh, (laughs) you know? Yep. And another thing that I think school can teach you um, is you learn a lot about yourself Mm. um, throughout the process of school, like for like how you are, like your strengths, you start to learn what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. And, and that's super helpful. Yeah. Um, school, like, again, like I, I'm very glad, like my parents never forced me to be like a good student. And I think my parents were just maybe a a bit more wise than they realized, but my parents never pushed me. They were just like, Hey, like school doesn't jive with him, but maybe one day he'll figure it out. And funny enough, my parents never forced me in high school to study. I graduated with like a 2.3 GPA, terrible. And then two years later, I transferred to USC because I realized, oh, shoot, I think I need to pay attention and like maybe go to college one day. And my parents are so shocked. And I'll never forget, like one of my highlights is opening up like my acceptance letter from USC because it's like this fat packet. And I'm just like screaming in my room. And my mom thought like I had a heart attack or something. She's (laughs) like, what's going on? And I had to like scream to her that I got accepted to USC. And um, yeah, like I think. Again, it's like with anything in life, if you focus on the negatives of what you're going through, then it's going to suck for sure. Like it's going to suck. But if you really just try to steer that energy instead of focusing on how much something sucks, but you know what, like what can I benefit from this experience? I think that's where you'll have like your wins, to be honest. And um, I think one of the things I wanted to say about hobbies, I still have friends that I meet that might be 30, 31, 32 that don't have hobbies. And I think that's, kind of weird and I think yeah if, if you're like a young student or if you're like an older adult that's listening to this I think there's so much to life like there's I'm sure there's something that you like out in the world that you want to get to know more of or or um, get more experience in and I think um, I used to always have friends that would tell me like well I don't know what I'm interested in for me it's very clear it's like it's either you like something or you don't um, so just try everything just try anything and everything and it will be very clear to you what you like and what you don't like. And I think, again, I think you and I can both say we've learned so much from our hobbies like water polo, working out, um, making a podcast, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm going to go back to school real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. And 
like one thing that I learned through school is like learning how to learn. Yeah. And once you learn how to learn, you can teach yourself anything. Like yep. if I didn't know how to learn, I wouldn't be able to start this podcast right now. Yep. I, you know, so that's like a huge thing. So even if um, this is more tailored for students who are listening to this, but even if you don't find meaning or you don't care about the topics in class, like you were talking about, or you don't think they're applicable to life. Yep. Keep in mind the bigger goal. Like, like you said, you want to take away, you're spending so much time yep. doing this thing. Like you want something to take away and, and you don't right now you might not like school, but two years from now that might change. And that is something I, I, I wanted to mention. And you already got to of how, you know, you, you did kind of poorly in high school. Yeah. Then you went to Cerritos college Yep. Um, hustled your butt off. Yep. And then transferred to USC and graduated from there. Mm. And um, you, you talked about how your parents didn't force you into it. And it's interesting because you and your brother Morrow are complete opposites. Yep. You know, Morrow was all in school. Yep. You know, he was 100% in, giving his full effort from the very, um, from freshman year, yep. doing extracurricular activities. Like he had it planned that, hey, I'm going to go to a great college. And, you know, he's an ASB, did water polo, Boy Scouts, you name it. And um, he graduated from UCLA. Full, full ride to UCLA. Full ride. Yeah. And and he was second. Um, At, yeah, graduated from Downey High like yeah. that year. What's it called again? The Salad Victorian or? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> I was never close. I yeah. didn't even know what that was. I was at the bottom too. So, <laughs> so I just think it's, it's cool how, like, you guys both went down these different paths but when you really set your mind to it and yeah have that discipline you know the sky's the limit yeah i think to your point um yeah learning to learn i think that's such a big like it, it's a concept that we don't really wrap our heads around and i, I hope that i mean if, if i could go back in time like i would have kind of like slapped myself in the head and be like yo like because to be honest, the first time I was learning to learn was in college. And I felt like already so behind. Like I had to do all-nighters to study for like a, a normal bio class in college that I'm sure most people already knew. But since I never paid attention, I felt like I was behind. So I just had to grind out hours. Um, but to that point, like someone like my brother who graduated from UCLA, he did extremely well. He went into an industry where... You don't need to do well in school. Like my brother was, he's in finance now for like TV shows and movies and things like that. But the reality was, is he had to learn all over from the beginning again. But I think my brother's just kind of been that um, good student with the mentality of like, oh, if I don't know something, I'm just going to sit here and learn. And if I could really speak on behalf of like high school students and stuff, I never thought learning was important. But what learning means to me in my day to day now, like, I guess this is the real blunt answer is the more I learn at my job, the more I'm going to get paid. That's, that's all that it is. It's, and so now as an adult, I'm married, I'm planning to have kids. It's like, I am incentivized to learn and to learn as much as possible. And so I still feel like, I wish I knew that when I was young, like there is so much power in learning and being curious. And even if it's something that you might not fully like be passionate about, like even the act of like, okay, well, I don't know what, I don't know how to cook an omelet, but if I can just watch this YouTube video and like learn these steps, you're putting yourself in that practice of following instructions, learning something, or if the video says, Hey, put butter and you don't have butter in your house. Like you're trying to figure out, well, what else can I use and start like, um, having like, uh, 
I don't know, like creative thinking and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And to go back to learning, um, reading, man. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like, so I was an avid reader probably from like second grade up to like fifth, fifth or sixth grade. And then once I hit middle school, you know, I, I was, I was kind of yeah. done with reading. And then that's when you start getting forced to have to read certain yeah. books. Like you're not choosing your books anymore. Yeah. And then in high school, you know, like I read a couple, I read two books. I remember mice of men and, and <laughs> catcher in the rye. Sure. I love both of those books. And yeah. that's the only reason I read those. Cause I was really enjoying those books. Yeah. But outside of that, like I never read. And then once I got into college, I'm an English major. Uh, shoot, you're gonna have to read, bro. Yep. So I I was reading a game. I'm not gonna lie, a lot of it I was not reading. Um, <laughs> hey, that's part of life too, right? Like I was learning. Yeah, yeah. you're learning how to act like you learned. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so through this process, like I was just kind of going by. I don't know what's the saying. The I was going on the fly, you know. And, um, you know, I tried my best to, to read what I was supposed to, but once I got out of college is when I really started uh, mm. to get into reading um, because I was reading about stuff that I was interested in. Like, I've, I've read, like, tons of countless books on on med- meditation and mindfulness now. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of, like, nonfiction. And pretty much, like, what you're doing is you're getting mentorship from these people that are experts in that field yeah. and that have so much to offer you and all you need to do is sit down and, and read and take it in. Yep. So I think reading can be one of the most powerful things, especially if you want to learn something, um, yep. you know, cause like whatever you read, you're, you're reading it through your own lens. So based off of your own life experiences and all of those things. So when you read, you're, it's going to, you know what sits right with you, you know, like sometimes you might read a book and like, ah, like I'm not really connecting with this and that's okay. You don't have to finish yeah. that book. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still do. I usually just try to get through whatever book I, cause like you said, like maybe the first half of the second half you get into. Yeah. But I guess my point is there's so much uh, that books have to offer and yeah, I think, you don't need to be rich. You can get a library card and, and yeah. rent a book on your own. I think, um, the feeling that I'm getting from you is when you read, it's like re- reading is giving you life. And, and, and that's like how I feel like when you're talking about it. And it kind of just reminds me that I think in this life, there are so many resources like in this day and age, like again, YouTube University, Google, um, a public library, like you can learn to be an expert or you can learn about a topic that you might like if, you, if you're in a place in your life where you're like, oh, well, like I don't have any friends that play music or I don't have any friends or I don't know anyone that's like um, that can mentor me. And you were saying that a book can and I, I've never heard that, but that's absolutely true. A, a book can inspire you. A, a book can spark something in your life. And yeah, like I, I think I started reading more later in my adult life and I kind of realized, oh, like I should have just done this earlier. And yeah, I've been I, missing out. Yeah, I've been missing out. And like it's interesting with friends because um, like it's easy to like wait for your friends to do something like. Yep. Cause then it makes it easier for you to do. Cause we're all going to do this together. But what I found, like if you're always waiting for your friends to yeah. do something, then sometimes that thing's never going to happen because we all, we're all different. Yep. You know, you can't expect your friends to want to do what you want to do. Um, just cause it makes it a little easier. So that's something that I've learned late, you know? <laughs> um, but like, and it's not to say like, those aren't good friends. No, yeah, guys, yeah. we're all different. We're yeah. all responsible for ourselves and we all have our own past and interests. 
And um, I mean, for you, you are one friend that I have that has always like chased their passions and been self-motivated and a self uh, self-teacher in a way. And uh, it's fuel for me. So it, it is great to have those those friends yeah. that do that. Um, it motivates you and pushes you to do that. You know, I have a friend that does a podcast and he just like got this book published with his other friend. Shout out Jesus nice. Flores. Um, yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. Like he's really going after it. Yeah. And I, I just love to see that. And um, yeah, like even with this podcast, you know, it's our first episode. Yeah. Um, or my first episode. Then once again, thanks for being on it. Yeah. And like, I don't know what's gonna come out of this. Like, I just know I like talking. I like having discussions. I like getting to know people. So I was like, why don't I do this? It's always something I'm thinking about. It was even, like when I made an example vision board for my students, and one of the things on my vision board was like make a podcast. And you know, I'm you know I'm gonna do those things. So it's something that I'm really trying to apply to my like hold myself to. Like, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. You know, like stop talking about it and being wishy-washy about it. Just do it. Like what's worst case is maybe it's not what you think it was or you don't enjoy it as much or maybe you fall in love with it. Maybe it opens doors that you would have never been opened if you didn't try it. Yeah. And I think too, like to your point, I think like when you start something, I think we, it's very easy for us to fantasize like, oh, if I start a podcast, Joe Rogan's going to call me the next day and invite me to his podcast, right? Like. I think we have these very unrealistic expectations, but I think even like going back to, um, I don't know, like losing weight, like it takes days, weeks, it takes, it's a, it's a process. And I think what you talked about is the journey is what taught you like everything, right? Like, or like the most valuable things. Cause when you got to the end, it's kind of like, ah, whatever. Like, but what you value is everything that you've been through. And, I think for me the same way everything that I've started I used to think of myself as a success or a failure success or failure but in actuality all the things that I failed in has only helped me like in my day in life so like for example when I got married I wanted to be an entrepreneur and coach full-time which was a great idea at the time I had the network I, I had the experience um, and it's so funny because like while declaring that I'm going to do this full time as like a 25 year old, like I started to make like $5,000 a month just coaching it's in crazy. my living room. That's so, awesome. So, so for hey, me, my bad. Can you talk? talk oh, sorry. You're good, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's really crazy because I got to experience that high, but then I also got to experience like the, the fluctuation of like, Oh, people like don't want to get coached and, for me, I, I saw that sign as a failure. And it's so dumb because like looking back, I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, if I had like half of that, like an extra passive income like that, or like not passive, but like as an extra income, that'd be sick. But I beat myself up so much. And what's crazy on how life works is um, because I had like my own quote unquote business and I was managing my own clients, I think that's what kind of led the doors for me to have my current job right now in my company. Like I've managed clients since I was like, 22 23 and so um yeah it's so interesting yeah you never that, know yeah. like you never know like you literally never know like what 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 opportunities can take you yeah and i'm gonna real quick go back like we were talking about earlier like you know i gave that preface of oh like you know i'm blessed with two great parents and all yeah. that like we never know what's gonna happen next so like right now like life might be going great but we don't know what's gonna happen next so like 
it's even more important to just go all in. Yeah. And man, that that's a uh, that's amazing, bro. Like yeah, you're a beast. Nah, but again, like I I had to fold that because I I was married and I need something stable. But like also for me, like you said, like. I'm never going to regret that I tried it. Yeah. I, I'm never going to beat myself because like, oh, like you tried to be an entrepreneur. But it's like, yo, because I tried that. I had a full understanding of how hard it is to run yo. a business. And now I'm very thankful for like my stable income and my company. And um, I'm not going to talk back to my manager if she wants me to do something because I'm like, oh, I'd rather deal with everything that I'm going through here than go through another unstable um, paycheck. And um, like you said, too, like w- like if, 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 if I knew tomorrow is gonna be my last day in this world like will i regret a few things or will i know that like i went for everything that i said i wanted to do you know yeah and something that really stands out in in what you're saying is like you're okay with the ugliness that might happen right like like you said like i'm i can't just podcast and expect to be on joe rogan tomorrow which like would be awesome hey joe like if you you want to get me on bro (laughs) um no but like you know, it's like, it's funny because even in the beginning of this podcast, um, I was like, hey, like, it's kind of like, I'm kind of starting off a little rough. I'm a little tight. I'm a, you know, um, yeah. like being a little self-critical. And then like what you just said, kind of just, bam, like, duh, like hit me right in the face. Like, nah, like it's part of the process. Like you have to go through the ugly stages. Like I'm, there's going to be podcasts where they're not the greatest it might be bad. Maybe some listeners like I'm not listening to this. Yeah. But like I can't like let those things stop me. And and like you also said with now like coaching translated into this, the skills you learn from coaching translated into your career right now. Yeah. And you never saw that coming. Never. And it you know so, just I think if you just follow your heart it and go fully in you know it all it all works out. Yeah. I think, I think there's more to lose. Um, by shoving your passions down. I think that's, and I, and I say that with, hey, like be responsible with what you have in your life. If you have a mortgage or if you have a kid, like don't just quit your job to pursue a, a podcast, like be responsible, right? And I'm not talking about you. Yeah. But, I, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, um, I think I think everyone, there there is no reason to not try. And I think too, like you're one of my friends that I think anything I try, you're like a day one, like, yo, Sarah, like blow this shit up. Yo, like you got this. And I think, it's so funny. I remember I, I read this post on Instagram or it might have been like someone posted something and it was like, like, why are people so supportive of celebrities or these idols that we don't even know, but we can't even like shout out like a friend's like podcast. Yeah, Why is that? I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, are are we jealous or resentful of other people taking risks? Like people like when people take a risk like that. Yeah. Like they kind of look at it like, like what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, those celebrities and stuff, they magically just become that. Yep. You know, and, and that's super interesting. And it kind of reminds me of a teacher at our school. Um, shout out Miss Hunter. She's a beast, dude. Uh, she, she she motivates me. She's like a go getter. She mm. started her own clothing brand. Sick. And um, you know, I I really I really mess with her clothing her clothing brand. It's a dope brand. Yeah. Um, and it's Boost. That's her clothing brand, by the way. Shop Boost, I think, BT. All right, I'll, I'll get it out later. <laughs> but, like, she she's, like, a shining example of that. Um, yeah. and, and I'm hoping that, like, people will lift that up, especially, you know, her loved ones, her friends, local people. Because th- this, this might be a tangent going down the road, but, like, I also look at artificial intelligence now. 
and where it's going, where like these robots and technology are going to take more and more jobs. Yep. And some of the jobs that are available right now might not be available in five or 10 years. And I think like you can go in a really dark place with that, or you might look at it like, Hey, that means there's going to be some type of other jobs. We're always evolving, right? Yep. Like, so that might be more creative jobs now. Yep. Maybe we get to a place where more people have opportunities to pursue their passions and, and make careers or livings off, off of that. So you just never know. Yeah. That's why you got to support your homies, you know? Yeah. Hey, so um, we'll wrap <laughs> this up. And speaking of supporting homies, thank you for coming on the yeah, first dude. episode. Um, I appreciate you, man. Any last parting words? That's a good thing. We talk so much. What's the last thing I want to say? Yeah, I want to say like, I we've always talked about like we're in a good place right now, and we've talked about all the bad moments, and you know life can happen. Life can happen in one day or not, or good or bad. If you're not in a good place, um, I think for me and Derek, we both say like we understand, and I think um, if you are feeling down, like there's hope. Like life will get better, um, but it really starts with you. And it really starts with your decision to be better. And there are tons of resources out there. Um, but just keep believing in yourself and keep pursuing what you want to pursue. And so beautiful, man. Hey, um, where can people find you if they want to have you shoot their? Well, none of my students are getting married. <laughs> I, I hope, hope not. <laughs> um, but you know, there. You know, I'm hoping not that not just students are listening to this, like young adults, yeah. whoever. You know, like this conversation for me. Yeah, uh, we might reflect on high school a lot. But we're homies who that our friendship started in high school, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, played a big role in, in our life. But, uh, yeah, so where can people find you? Yeah, uh, my my wedding account is actually uh, public. My other one is private because I post some silly stuff and I don't want, like, some of my coworkers or, uh, <laughs> or like, my customers to find it. But my, my Instagram is public for my wedding stuff. It's at um, Sarah Photography. Okay, for sure. I'll put it in the show notes. Whew legit all right thank you brody peace out peace out